Hey, welcome back to the podcast that teaches you how to write a book that doesn't suck. I'm Jamie Ingle the, of The Right Ingle. I'm your host. Today we're going to talk about the power of threes. Now, I'm not a big firm believer in numerology, nor am I a big firm believer in things that are like you have to do. But I do believe that three is a very strong number that has become part of our psyche and it manifests so many times in story. And I have to think that with that, we need to give it another look. Um, Just the basic story structure in itself is threes. You have your beginning, your middle, your end, your act one, your act two, your act three, however you like to look at it. Um, And of course, those sections are broken down into threes as well. There's three movements within your first act, your second act, and your third act. Um, Think about jokes. They're delivered in threes, right? Guy walks into a bar, or, or, you know, uh, the orange and banana one, right? But let's go back to the, the bar. Guy walks into a bar. There's always three people, right? It's not a guy walks into a bar, there's a hairstylist, a horseshoer, a priest, a drunk, and your mother, right? It's not five, it's three. There's always three. And the joke goes like this. Someone does something, someone says something, nothing happens. Someone says something, something says something, nothing happens. But on that third run, what do we expect? We expect the punchline, don't we? Because jokes are delivered in threes because there's power in threes. When we don't get the punchline, at first it's okay, the fourth time. The fifth time we're like, okay, where's the, is this a joke, right? By sixth, seventh, eighth time, we're kind of mad. We're over it. We don't want to hear it anymore. And that is beautifully illustrated in the knock, knock. Who's there? Banana. Banana who? Knock, knock. Who's there, right? Orange. Orange who? Aren't you glad I didn't say banana, right? You go through that like 12 times before you get to that dang orange. And people get mad at you. It's because they expect that orange to show up on the third knock. Threes hold power in storytelling. I just want you to think about that. When you have your hero facing a problem. (laughs) Sorry, my dog just got scared by a woodpecker. (laughs) She's like the most chicken dog on the planet. Okay, Um, when your story, I'm sorry, I totally got sidetracked. Oh, threes, we're talking about threes. Yes. So when your character faces their issue, their problem, their dragon, they don't slay that dragon the first time. And a lot of times they don't even get it right the second time. And it's really that third time that we see the magic, right? It's that third moment in the story where our hero has to face themselves again that they finally make the right decision. Many times, that's why we have trilogies. Your trilogy allows your hero to face a quest in each film or in each book, but the actual journey isn't resolved until that third story. You know, and you don't get that, that final resolution until that third book, until the third time they have to face whatever it is. That is why, as readers, we almost naturally gravitate toward books that have sequels. And we, we expect at least three, right? It's just how we're built. So 
let's look at a story. Let's take, I don't know why Cinderella is in my mind. I can't even get past her. So let's look at Cinderella. Cinderella loses, she gets, you know, she gets a family and then she loses her dad, right? And there's an invitation that she can go to the ball. So that's her first up, right? That's her first, yay, I I win. She gets to go to the ball. So she finishes her chores and she gets dressed and she's ready to go. And then what happens? The stepsisters are jealous and they tear her stuff apart and now she's down. So that was her first up and down, right? She didn't get to go to the ball. She didn't get to leave her status in life, which is, you know, the, unfortunately, the daughter of someone who, who's lost a dad to an evil stepmother, and now she's stuck in the role of servant. But that's her first up and down. So then, fairy godmother appears, right? And the fairy godmother says, I'm going to get you to the ball. I'm going to get you a gown and a coach. And I'm doing the Disney cartoon, if you haven't figured that out. And I'm going to get you to the ball and you're going to get dressed beautifully. And she does. And she gets to the ball. And what happens? The prince falls in love with her. But then it strikes midnight and the magic dissipates. So now she has to rush home. Right. So there was her second chance to make it to the ball, to make it to a different stature in life. And she got even closer because the prince fell in love with her. Right. But it didn't happen, did it? She had to go home. She's still just a servant girl living in a house that should be her home. That's her second time. The third time is when the prince goes around looking for the owner of the glass slipper and he comes to her house and they try to hide her, but they can't. And when she shows up and she puts that slipper on, that's our third time, isn't it? That's our third. We get our three. And this time it doesn't end the same. We get our punchline. She lives happily ever after. She moves into the castle. She changes her statute, her stature in life. And that's what we expect. So I know that's an easy illustration, but that's sometimes the best way to find the truth that we can apply to our own books, isn't it? Look at the three little pigs. There weren't seven, there were three. And their three little pigs built three different houses and it happened, it was a joke, right? First little pig builds a house and a wolf comes by and huffs and puffs and blows the house in, right? Second little, it's what we expect. It's that power of three again. There's three houses and by the time the wolf gets to the third house, we get our punchline. And he goes down the chimney and he lands in a pot of boiling water, depending on which variation you're looking at. You know, look look at those stories, man. There's a reason that hundreds of years later they're still being told maybe even thousands of years i don't know when they were written i know they're not american stories um grim i don't remember what year grim was and i probably should know that being a fantasy writer but i don't um so just take a look at those stories dissect them map them out block them out tell them like they're a joke then look at your story. Look at your book. Have you built in threes naturally? Does your hero try, fail, try, fail, try, succeed? Because that's what your story should do. That's the basic premise of your story. If you want to write commercial fiction, if you just want to write something that's artistic and poetic, that's probably not going to sell to anybody, and it may or may not be a book that sucks, go for it. There's definitely a market for that, but I personally want to write books that that schools pick up and that Netflix picks up. So I'm going to write books that follow what the reader expects. 
I don't want to fit into a mold, but I want to write books that the reader expects and they know what's coming and then they feel a part of my story. They don't feel jarred out of my story. And we don't have to be cookie cutter, guys. We can write our own way in our own style, put our own spin on it and write books that don't suck by looking at classics, studying them and figuring out how we can take those elements and put them into our own stories. I would love to hear how this affects your writing please drop me a line. Go to Facebook, DM me something. Um, If you have topics you'd like covered in this podcast, please let me know. Put them in the notes uh, or email me, whatever. Go to my website. Find me somewhere. Uh, And please check out all the other great podcasts here on Space Coast Podcast Network. They're amazing. It's a great network, and Jesse Hall works very hard to keep everybody happy and on time so that the audience is also happy and on time. Um, and then of course we have a Facebook group, just search through groups for write a book that doesn't suck and you'll find us. It's a free group to join. It's a community of writers just like yourself who are all trying to find better ways to write, uh, write more productively and to reach a new audience. So we are here for you. And finally, if you like these tips, you want more, grab my book, man. It's on Amazon. Same title, write a book that doesn't suck. It's tips and tricks you've probably never heard before. I guarantee. So check it out. Guys, thanks for hanging with me, and I will talk at you next time. And until then, happy writing.